0: everyone my name is dr dolores tarver i am a licensed psychologist here in georgia and it's time for the tea y'all tea time with dr tarver is a wellness podcast it is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed psychologist so welcome to tea time with dr tarver august is happiness happens month and as i shared with you all last week i'm going to be talking about things that contribute to our happiness. A lot of people actually ask me, is it possible to really be happy? Is that something that is just a construct that is aspirational at best? In other words, we really cannot truly achieve happiness. It is just something that we can aspire for. Or is it something that is truly measurable so that I could really create happiness if I wanted to? So that led me to today's topic, which is count it all joy can I really create happiness so I was doing a little research and it turns out that happiness actually is something that is measurable and I know you all are thinking okay well what is the happiness factor well the thing about that is there is an actual framework for happiness and so professors Carol Robin Lisa Swali, and Ricky Frankel actually talked about this happiness and meaning as a construct that can be measured over time. And Martin Seligman actually proposed that it is a function of how much sleep we receive, life circumstances, our temperament, which essentially is our personality dynamics and characteristics, and what is referred to as a happiness set point. Now this happiness set set point is comprised of a few things. One is an inherited construct, and so things that are passed down to us, but then also things that we learn through life experiences. Here in this field, we call it things that um, we are conditioned to do. And so these are things that all make up happiness. So that means that there is some control that we do have over our happiness. Now, there are some things that are outside of our control, which is why we'll see people the different happiness levels and also which is why some of us things that make us happy may not make someone else happy so we all have different things that make us happy so a high happiness set point means that a person is happy eh, somewhere in the high percentage of the time so the majority of the time they're actually happy those might be the people that you call bubbly that wake up and they're always on the right side of the bed some of you might get annoyed with people who are like that, they're just chipper. Now on the other end of the low happiness set point are people that have much more difficulty finding things to make them happy. They may have difficulty being even able to remember the last time that they were happy. And then there are folks that fall in the middle, somewhere along that continuum as we talked about. Life is a continuum, it's not necessarily as concrete black and white as we think it is. Most of us fall somewhere in between so that means if i fall in between i may have to work a little harder to get happy if i'm on the low end i'm probably going to need some help some resources to be able to help me because there may be some factors that are affecting why my set point is so low and then there are people that may not have to work as hard to be happy because it is much easier for them to feel joyful about things Now, that doesn't mean that one is better than the other, and as we've talked about, you don't need to compare yourself to other people, but I think it does help you better understand, okay, well, let me think about where I may fall on this happiness set point because if I'm not where maybe I'd like to be, there are some things that I can do to make some changes. So, what are things that can impact happiness? And these are things that can impact happiness in a positive way or in a negative way. Trauma. We know that any time there is something significant in your life that causes you severe emotional pain or physical pain that is going to affect you, which means it's going to affect your happiness set point. Trauma, trauma can be natural disasters, fires, floods, hurricanes, uh, tornadoes. Trauma can be abuse, whether that's sexual, physical, psychological abuse that occurs. It could be a lack of basic needs that you didn't have growing up. So you might have gone without consistent shelter, or food, or clothing, or been deprived of love, attention, and affection. It could have been a medical malpractice issue where you went in for a procedure, and that procedure was botched in some kind of way. might have been a surgical procedure, and so it has left you with some long-standing condition that is a result of you going in for the surgery. You may have chronic medical issues that you'll be experiencing for the rest of your life. You could have chronic psychological issues that you may be dealing with for the rest of your life. could be car accidents that we get into and cause us to lose uh, the ability to function with certain parts of our body. That could be long-lasting. It could be death, loss of a child, loss of a spouse, a sibling, um, a loss of a parent. That could be very traumatic for us. That could affect our happiness factor. There can be things that we're dealing with in terms of health, such as GI issues or autoimmune issues. You may be dealing with uh, depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, some of these longer term, more severe conditions where you have been maybe on different types of medication over the years with a little effectiveness and you're still having a lot of symptoms. And the same is true for pain. So if you're having constant GI issues, there's a lot of pain. You're not digesting food well or you're having a hard time keeping food down. Or you have conditions that affect your sleep because we talked about sleep being one of those things that affects happiness and joy. So I'm having chronic insomnia. I'm unable to sleep. I've got a shift disorder where I might have worked third shift or second shift or alternated shifts. And so it's very difficult for me to be able to get sleep. Going back to trauma, trauma can affect our ability to be able to get sleep and have quality of sleep. And we know when we don't rest well, It affects all kinds of things about us in terms of our mental processing, our cognitive abilities, attention, concentration, memory, but it also affects your mood. You're not in a good mood when you don't get enough rest and chronically not getting enough rest can really make it difficult for you to find joy in things because you're just exhausted. I think we get used to it when you're averaging about four hours of sleep per night and you think, well, that's a good night when I got four hours of sleep because some nights I got two. But what ends up happening is when you really are able to get five, six, seven hours of sleep, you realize how inadequate it was getting the four that you had become accustomed to. There can be just a loss of abilities over time that can affect us. Sometimes we lose our sight. I I know as COVID has been going around, people have had long-term effects of not getting their taste and their smell back. And so thinking about how life is different when I don't have all of my senses to be able to engage. If I end up, I'm on a walker, I'm um, in a wheelchair, I have to get limbs amputated. I've got diabetes that has been chronic. I've got gangrene. I've had to have um, appendages, uh, either you know, parts of them cut off or fully cut off. And so my quality of life feels very different. Or I'm in a situation where I had significant losses of people, so I'm without a lot of support at this point in my life. Or I'm in a chronically stressful job that could be affecting me. Or maybe I have limited resources. I may be in a state of poverty, not being able to get adequate food that I need, not having access to, to just basic needs. I may be in relationships that are unhealthy and destructive for me. These kind of things can affect our happiness. Maybe I have the ability to travel, and so that can affect my happiness in a positive way. I can vacation. I can get away. I can take much-needed breaks. On the other side of that, if I'm not able to, I'm working a very stressful job. Some of our jobs right now have been high demand. Our healthcare workers, as well as people that transport um, food or supplies via truck, or people that work in our, our shopping centers or in our food industries, they've had a really stressful year and a half the demand for services and the need there are a lot of people who are working long hours right now with little compensation and then just trying to take care of a family having a family having children that may have chronic needs can be also uh, things that affect your happiness also your ability to achieve things and reach goals some of us are achievement oriented and so when we're successful it makes us happy when we have more resources so i inherited some money or i made good investment and got some return on my money and so I'm, i'm financially stable or i won that lottery these are things that can affect happiness educational opportunities oh how excited we were in the season uh here in august as well of people going back to school and some of our kiddos are starting their college journeys and that excitement about going to that university That was your first choice and how that can affect your happiness versus I didn't do well enough to be able to get into the school that I wanted or I'm not financially able to go to the school that I wanted. And how does that affect my happiness? Our relationships with people, whether they are positive relationships so they're supportive, encouraging, nurturing, um, healthy in terms of uh, intimacy and connection. Or if they're on the other side of that spectrum where they're critical and they're demeaning and they are. Um, negative and hostile and how that can affect my happiness your self-care your ability to cope those things are also very important how well do you take care of you when you have stressful events do you turn off all of the positive things do you stop getting that exercise stop eating healthy stop exercising and you retreat in and you're isolating yourself and so that affects your happiness your family of origin can affect your happiness some of you have outstanding relationships with your family members. You enjoy your time together. You have a lot of shared meals and fun when you're with each other. You're always scheduling time, making time for each other. And then other families, people get severe anxiety at the thought of going into an interaction with their family members. The holidays are very hard for them. There's a lot of negativity in the family or there's a history of some abuse in the family. And so it gives people great anxiety thinking about being around family members. They haven't been there for them consistently. They're constantly putting them down or telling them what they can't achieve. And so it's not a positive type of interaction. So those kind of things can affect your happiness. And we know that when you are dealing with any kind of mental health, that makes stuff harder, right? So if it's depression, it makes it harder to find joy, to find pleasure in things, things that you used to enjoy, you no longer enjoy anymore. Anxiety, I'm so fearful of what could happen that it stops me from engaging. And so I find myself not doing things because they make me uncomfortable when I'm out around other people or taking these risks, trying to get in a new job opportunity, going on these interviews, it makes me really uncomfortable being around people, talking to people, talking about myself. And so that can make it challenging. And with the chronic and severe and persistent mental health disorders, so if you have a schizophrenia, a bipolar disorder, we you have severe symptoms, oftentimes you may be estranged from your family members because there have, things, there have been things that have happened due to your mental health that have isolated you from family so it can be really where you feel alone if you don't have anyone so of course those are going to affect your happiness set point now i will say of all of those things that i listed positive and negative the reality is and this is where genetics kicks in we're going to still eventually get back to our set point so if you have something that's really positive and great and you're excited about it and it brings you all of this joy you're still going to go back to whatever your set point was if you have something debilitating um just destructive traumatic happen to you you're still eventually going to get back to that happiness set point so whereas the these environmental things the conditions uh, around us can affect our happiness set point there is still innately within us a set point that comes out of our temperament, our personality, our, our genes, if you will, that was inherited, um, what we saw in terms of coping uh, growing up and what we saw in terms of expressions of joy growing up that we're going to eventually go back to that level point. We often talk about set points in terms of weight. You know, you get to that weight and it's like, ah, I can't really lose any more weight past this. It gets a lot harder because that's my set point. The same is true with our happiness in terms of our happiness set point. So we do get to a point where we get back there, but there are things that we can do to increase that set point, to kind of move it up a little higher if you find that it's consistently lower. Okay, so one is looking at your current habits, whether that's your eating, your sleeping, your doctor's visits. You know, I'm a big proponent of preventative care. That's that dentist, that eye doctor, uh, your primary care physician, making sure you're looking at your cardiac health, making sure you're checking out that GI system, making sure if you have something happening in your body that's different, you go ahead and get it taken care of. Your activity level is really important. How you're spending your time, what are you taking in? All of these things are really important in terms of that happiness set point, because if you don't have healthy habits, it's going to make it increasingly more difficult for you to be able to achieve that joy, right? Because we just talked about all of the things that can make it harder for us to be happy. So if I'm not taking good care of myself and my risk factors for a health issue are higher or a mental health issue are higher, that is going to make it more difficult for me. Self-talk is really important. 40, 50,000 thoughts per day. Uh, so if I'm having a lot of negative self-talk, I'm comparing myself to other people, I'm putting myself down, I'm around a lot of gossip and negativity, I'm complaining a lot, I'm not... Um, really saying positive things about myself, I'm not affirming myself, I'm not uh, taking these fast from negativity, then that is going to affect my happiness set point. Am I prioritizing other people over myself so I'm burning myself out because I'm in caregiver mode and not self-care mode? And am I engaging in those self-deprecating thoughts that lead to self-harmful behaviors? So all of those things can affect your set point in a negative way. So what we wanna do is we want to be intentionally positive and intentionally affirming and intentionally healthy, right? So we want to make sure that we're adding things to our lives that we're going to be able to sustain over time that are going to bring that set point up, maybe slowly. I don't want to give you all of the impression that this is going to be quick, as you know about mental health. There is nothing about mental health and physical health that's quick. Good habits take time but it's important for us to reframe situations. How am I looking at a situation? Sometimes we personalize things that aren't about us and we take on things that aren't ours to bear. So it does become heavy. So when you're out and that person is rude to you in the grocery store, that doesn't have anything to do with you. That has to do with them. We don't have any idea what's going on in their lives. They may be short staffed. They may be overworked and underpaid. And so yes, today they're not in the best of spirits. But if I don't internalize that is that you're personally attacking me and I recognize that you're in a situation that is probably contributing to the way that you're behaving, then how I respond to you is not going to match how you respond to me. So I'm going to intentionally be positive in that situation. Hey, you know what? Got that order wrong. Can we do this? Or don't worry about it. Some stuff's not a big deal. Like they put pickles on there. You're not allergic to pickles. You just don't like them. You can remove them. and and not have to go through the 30, 45 minutes of wait to get that um, sandwich remade and then your french fries are cold, right? So we're causing problems we don't necessarily have to. And that's the problem solving piece of happiness. Learning how to deal with situations in a way that allows me not to put myself in a negative state if I don't have to. Now there are some things you do have to address and confrontation is a part of that, being assertive and being direct. But again, picking those battles. Making sure that you're taking those fast from negativity, that you're not around all that gossip, that you're not on social media, feeding into your negativity, comparing yourself to other people and wishing you had their lives because you think that what people post is the reality of who they are all the time. And so being able to take those breaks can really help you in terms of your positivity. Replace those with podcasts, podcasts that are affirming, that offer you some intellectual wellness, that creativity or purposeful. Uh, kind of podcast or something that allows you to laugh, gives you some humor, something light to start your day or an encouraging word to start your day. It is important that you also are very mindful of what you're watching on TV, whether that's the news or you're watching particular shows that may have a lot of negativity in them or trauma in them that may be triggering you in some way. So make sure that you're intentional about looking at things that cause you to be happy. So sometimes we don't need to look at horror films and dramas and uh, real life stories because they're just not healthy for us. And even if other people around us are watching them, that doesn't mean that that's a good fit for us. Meaningful and purposeful activities are also going to be really helpful in terms of, the, of, of your happiness. Because when you're doing things that give you purpose, whether that's an act of kindness to someone else or you're using your gift in some way to be able to elevate another person Or you're doing something that you really enjoy and it gives you a positive feeling when you're like, you know what? That felt really good for me to do that because I'm artistic and it's important that I use my artistic talents or my music or my my poetry, whatever it may be that I'm using these gifts, that I'm um, investing in things and I'm watching them grow. A lot of times we like to see a product. This is why so many people like gardening because you get to see this finished product and it looks beautiful. Right. And so that helps us in terms of our happiness. Do things that promote a healthy self-worth and self-esteem because those are the foundations for joy. If I don't feel good about myself, it's gonna be really hard for me to find things that make me happy. Remove yourself from those negative people that are around you. And I know for some of you, that is probably the majority of your support system. So you're going to have to be intentional about finding other activities and groups that are positive. And this is where social media can be helpful because there may be some groups online that you can join or learn about activities that are coming up. Make yourself a gratitude list. What am I thankful for? What positive happened today? And so that you are making sure that you're spending your energy on the positive things and not on the negative things. I think it's really important that you reward yourself, right, for just being you. You don't have to have achieved anything. You don't have to have met a milestone, but just celebrate yourself for being the amazing person that you are. Because it is those kind of things that give us joy. For some people, that is you celebrate yourself with um, something you've been really wanting that you haven't had. Maybe it's that book or that movie you really wanted to go see or um, spending time with a friend or uh, for me shopping uh, or maybe even a nice meal that you enjoy. But whatever it is, reward yourself with something that allows you to recognize you deserve it, right? Just for showing up and being you. Wellness activities that are daily really help with happiness because we want to make sure we're intentional about putting wellness things in every day of our lives in order for us to encourage happiness. So whether that's physical wellness, social wellness, financial wellness, um, whether that is uh, um, environmental, whatever it may be, but that you're, you're creating opportunities for you to do things that allow yourself to be well. Um, and now I will tell you that, again, this is not something that is going to happen overnight and we create joy through practice, practicing these healthy habits over time, surrounding yourself with positive people and finding things to give you meaning and purpose. But if you do those things over time, and let me be clear with you all, over time does mean six months to a year, does not mean six days, then you will start to see some changes and you'll be able to get that happiness set point where you want it to be. Be well.